Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the plague. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Today on the On Enquirer podcast, it's season wrap-up time. Jay Lehman, our All-American linebacker, BTN analyst, joins us to break down what went wrong against Northwestern, but mostly, what needs to go right moving forward? What does the Illinois coaching staff need to do to address their issues this season moving forward? What do we make of Aaron Henry's first year's defense coordinator? What do we make now of Barry Loney Jr.'s second year as offensive coordinator? What are the most important things to accomplish during the offseason? Jay Lehman joins us and he shoots it straight as he always does gives us his unvarnished opinion about where illinois needs to go from here for some signs or some reasons for optimism but also the huge challenges that are ahead for brett bioma as he goes into a critical year four we've had him all year he's given all american analysis all year let's do it one more time jay layman is next on the Atlanta inquirer podcast Hey everybody, it's Jeremy Warner, Alana Inquirer publisher. Want to remind you, it is I'm recording this on Monday, November 27th. You have until Tuesday, November 28th at 11 p.m. Central Time to take advantage of our best deal of the year. You can get VIP access to Illini Inquirer for 75% off. That is just $29 for your first year. That is just $0.07 cents a day, $2.24 a month for the best Illini coverage around. We're breaking down what is going to happen with Illinois for the offseason, the latest buzz on Illinois football. And Derek Piper, he's heading to the East Coast later this week to get you ready for a huge road swing for Illinois basketball to build up its NCAA tournament resume and show us if they're capable of making a push in the Big Ten. We cover it all at Illinois Enquirer, including Illinois women's basketball, Illinois men's golf, all of it, so that you can get the insight you need into your favorite program. And right now, for the next 24 to 36 hours as you're listening to this, you can get 75% off. So if you're not a VIP member, join today. You won't regret it. So sign up today at IlliniInquire.com. You've heard us talk about home field apparel since the start of the season. There are a lot of collegiate apparel brands out there, but we wanted to partner with Home Field because their designs are the best out there. Some of Illini Enquirer's favorites are the Basketball Ringer Tee, the Rose Tee, and the 1980s Long Sleeve with the script Illini. It's great. Be sure to check out homefieldapparel.com, filter by Illinois, and see what we're talking about. And our listeners get an exclusive deal using code Illini23. Using that code Illini23 gets you 15 percent off your first order we all know you're wearing a line eye gear so if you're in need of a refresh we really think that you should check out home field apparel which has the best designs and these shirts guys are really comfortable their designs are super unique and a lot of thought goes into each concept there's really nothing else on the market like what home field is doing you can find them at homefieldapparel.com and use code illini23 for 15 percent off your first order at homefieldapparel.com 
All right, it's time to wrap up a season with Jay Lehman. Not and that went fast. Wow. Yeah. Not fun uh, in, j- in just a brutal way to lose a bull bid. So yeah. Northwestern reaction, Jay, go. Oh, it's just brutal. First of all, you lost your rival. Second of all, you didn't lay in the plane, as you said, you know, two or three weeks ago on a podcast, like losing these last two games to Iowa and then Northwestern, just just heartbreaking. Never between seven and five, and five and seven is a big difference. But just the way they lost it against Northwestern just epitomized a lot of the issues that we saw all season long. And uh, you're not going to win many games, guys, giving up 45 points in a game. Uh, giving up 40-plus to Indiana and Northwestern. Teams you thought going into the year were uh, pretty shoe-in wins. They were not. And uh, it's just it's just disappointing on a lot of fronts. How big of a setback is this season for Illinois? It's certainly a setback, okay? Uh, to say that it's not a setback would not be honest, number one. I think the coaches think it's a setback. Um, I think it, uh, we've, we've talked about this before, but – you know, if they had five wins the first year, maybe six wins the next year, and then maybe seven or eight wins this year, we would be really high on the horse right now. I think we made a big jump last year, bigger than expected. Although it was only three wins, it felt like a lot more when we were, you know, talking and whatnot. Um, it feels like it really, really stepped back this year, and, and that's really unfortunate. Now, that being said, and, you know, just a second as my uh, my light just went out here. I want to plug this back in, guys. You know, well, this is live TV, so we're, you know, something happened here where my – you know, I had, I had my I had my, my ring light. I hope you can still see me. Never mind. Um, but I would say this, um, you know, really disappointed because we, we have some of our best players moving on. Really the last of the Lovey Smith era is moving on. And I mean, there's a couple here and there, you know, but really the Johnny Newtons, supposedly Keith Randolph, maybe Isaiah Williams moving on. And so now we're going to see how has Brett Bielema recruited? There's been a couple pieces, Caden Fagan, Altmeyer, Isaiah Adams, Zai Chrysler, uh, there's Gabe Ackes. There's been a couple pieces that we've seen, Matthew Billy, but the large core of the key contributors have been Lovey Smith players. And so the question is, is how have we recruited and how have we developed? And we're really going to see that shake out, Jeremy, in year four. And I say that because I don't know how big of a step back it is until I see year four, because those players have to kind of come to roost. Yeah, we'll dive into all of this, Jay. But I want to to wrap up this season because Bioma has two sayings he says all the time. Tough, smart, dependable. Uh, they were tough. <laughs> they were mentally yeah, that, tough. That. They were that, not, didn't, that didn't work out great this year on the Tough, Smart, Dependable, did it? And he always talks about turnovers, penalties, mental errors. Those happened way too much this season. Oh, so if you're a coaching staff, what do you do when that is the case? How do you address you know, turnovers, penalties, mental errors after the season of turnovers, penalties, and mental errors? Well, you know, what's interesting is that there's some programs that seem to never have that issue, Iowa being one of them. Right, and that's kind of where tough, smart, dependable comes from. Other programs, Illinois, uh, Maryland would be in one of those programs. Struggle with penalties and mental errors over and over and over again. Now, there's only two places to really blame: it's the X's and the O's, or it's the Jimmies and the Joes. We talk about this a lot, right? So it's either the way that you coach, or it's the players that you have. Um, I will say, I think in general, 
if you're ahead in a game, you commit less penalties, mm -hmm. number one, because you're dictating the tempo, you're running the football more. If we look at just from a, a number perspective, percentage-wise, less penalties happen on run plays than pass plays. You're going to have more legal procedure, more holding, more issues on pass plays than you on run plays. We were able to run the ball a lot more efficiently last year and consistently, so you had more penalties. Uh, less penalties, rather. Number two is, is it really the players? Are we putting them in the best position to actually succeed? I'm going to argue and say that I don't think our defensive backs at their skill level could actually play the defense we were asking them to play. Uh, let's look at the uh, – and, and when you get that, you get uh, lots of defensive pass interference. We had that. We get lots of different rotation as far as guys in and out because guys can't cover what they're doing. So I'll use the Brett Bielema line is we got to look at what we're asking players to do. And I would say the defensive backs, for the most part, um, were not able to do what they were asked to do. Uh, and that's why we saw a lot of penalties, right? Uh, on the offensive side of the football, I think we got a lot of it cleaned up later in the year as far as the holding once we got the offensive line solidified. And I think that was a big boost to this program. But other than that, um, I think it has to be a cultural thing. I think it has to be a coaching thing. I, I'm, and, and early in the year, I was really disappointed that of the chippiness and after the, after the whistle penalties. It's almost like we wanted to have that kind of attitude of the 2022 defense we didn't have it. And so we got a little frustrated after the play and snapped off at people. So those are kind of the things I look at of you know, why were these penalties and why were these mental errors occurring? I think also uh, Luke Altmaier, as we knew, would have some growing pains. And he did. The first four or five games, there was a lot of turnovers. There were a lot of mistakes. Made some plays, but we had a new quarterback along with a lot of DBs that were new and, and first-time starters led to turnovers and some mental errors, and of course the penalties, stuff we've got to clean up if we're going to be in this many close games. All right, how would you evaluate Aaron Henry's first year's defensive coordinator? What does he have to do to get improvement out of this group? Sure, we knew we'd have growing pains with him, but uh, I think Aaron Henry would say he'd be disappointed in his first year. And I think, I think Brett's disappointed. I think all Illinois fans are disappointed. I think Aaron Henry's a good coach. I think he's going to be a good defensive coordinator at some point. I think the question we have to ask uh, in a very, you know, non-biased way is, was he ready for this position in 2023? When you had a guy like Kevin Kane with game experience, I don't think Andy Boo wanted the position, but we had Kevin Kane who certainly wanted to be a coordinator. Could you have bumped up Aaron Henry to an associate head coach or some kind of way to keep them on the staff with you and say, hey, just hang with me a little bit. Um, but we'll also see this move is largely made, you know, after Walter's got the job, does Aaron Henry pay off on the recruiting trail as well down in South Florida where we want to get some of our skilled players and other players? And that's a big reason why they kept him on as a, uh, as a coach, uh, as the defensive coordinator. But as far as rating it, I would rate it fairly poorly. Our defense didn't play well. Um, you know, I, I don't think that we 
had a game plan that really confused anybody. Not that Illinois' defense has been one to confuse people or whatever, but uh, I think you can play really simple and sound. We've got tremendous players. I don't think we had tremendous players at this point on the back end. And sometimes it looked like we just did not have answers to anything to stop them offensively. Listen, when Ben Bryant, I think Cam Johnson's a good player. I think Bryce Kurtz is a decent player. They ain't world beaters. I can tell you that much. And I can tell you that uh, you got 40 put on you by a staff in Indiana just got let go. Um, there, there are some real issues on the defensive side. I understand injuries happen. I get it on, on the back end. You also had an NFL defensive, first-round NFL defensive tackle on there. And you have probably Keith Randolph unhealthy, a mid-round pick. Um, so – a lot has to be said about it. It's not just Aaron Henry. It's right. Brett Bielma. It's a lot of different things, a lot of different defensive minds. I didn't think the defense – I think the defense itself was the most disappointing factor of 2023, and there's not even a close competition. Maybe the O-line in the first three, six weeks, but I think the entirety of the season, it was definitely the defense. I thought Bielma made an interesting comment, Jay, and I don't know if you heard it about, hey, this has been three years of this defense, and teams are figuring this out, and maybe – you look at the bottom of the Big Ten defense, and it's Illinois 12th in scoring defense, Purdue 14th. Um, so sure. may, maybe that's Purdue personnel. They got a new uh, coaching staff in there and everything. But what do you make of that? Like, Do you think they have to adjust their defense, and what is that? Well, I mean, historically, this guys, this happens, right? When, when, when Zook kind of came into the league, I mean, I remember his defense was kind of unique in what he did with the cornerback play. The corner in that defense would be the eighth man, and the safeties were not the eighth man. Usually safeties are the eighth man in the box. And so you had Vontae Davis making a ton of tackles, making a ton of different plays. Well, that kind of got figured out after three or four years in the league, and hence their defensive numbers went down. Had to bring in Vic Coning, who when they got the athletes in Vic Coning, adjusted it because they had the athletes there adjusted it and had some improvement right so coaching does matter i think here here's what i would say i think ryan walters is a very good coach i think i think uh aaron henry has the potential to be a good defensive coordinator um i think that everything works better when you've got nfl talent and i think to run that coverage you had a Dare I say a generational corner in Devin Witherspoon? Uh, I mean, I'm, uh, how many corners did you know that went top five? Not many uh, in, in the draft. So I'll say a generational corner that just erased people. I mean, 117 snaps or something of one-on-one coverage. He gave up one pass for negative one yard or something like that. I mean, something something insane uh, on that. And, and two safeties and, and corners, uh, safety and star position in, in Quan. So I think that makes it better. But – I think it's pretty obvious that if there's a good offensive mind, they were shredding up this defense. Jeff Tedford in week one against Purdue, he put up, you know, 400 yards passing, upset Purdue at home, right? Dino Babers, I know he just got fired, put up a four or 500 yards against Purdue. Good offensive mind, right? Dino Babers can coach some offense. Uh, Rod Carey, Indiana, uh, say what you want about me, improved offensive, the offense of Indiana really a, a yep. lot, scored 40. You know, I don't. I wouldn't call Mike Bajakian a monster offensive mind. I think Mike Bajakian's probably going to be let go this week. Um, but that being said, this Northwestern defense offensive coordinator, uh, he put up forty-five on you, right? And so there are some real issues to this defense. And I just think, uh, although the 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 common knowledge was, hey, college quarterbacks can't throw in tight windows. I would 
I would argue against that right now. When you look at one, they're completing a lot of passes and two, we're not getting a lot of calls on the pass interference that go our way, right? And so I think something needs to happen. And I think even with great defensive linemen, which Purdue had some good defensive linemen, people were just able to get the ball out too quick and isolate these corners and make big plays. So I do think some stuff needs to change defensively on how are they going to mix stuff up? You can't just run an odd front over and over a three, four and leave it man to man coverage and say, it's going to work. So that was a long winded answer. Yeah. That gives you some context. And I don't want to get too uh, in, in, in the X's and O's here, Jay, but I was going to ask, is it more four man uh, down lineman? You know, is it more zone coverage? What do you expect? Yeah, so I mean, historically, we you know you've got to talk to coaches like like talk to Dave Wanstead. He would tell you, hey, there was lots of three four back in the day. Miami started at Miami University. Miami started running a four three, and they started running some of the four three in the in the NFL in response to the West Coast offense, which had a lot of short passes that need more linebackers in coverage. And largely, the four three was popular up until about twenty the late two thousands. Vic Coning kind of brought back the 3-4 as well to Illinois, but we've seen Saban be hardcore 3-4 along with Bill Belichick, and that influence has influenced a lot of defensive coordinators. Those coaching trees are massive, especially Saban's. So you get into the 3-4, which uh, are great, but you got to have big-time, big-time nose tackles and, and those three core defensive linemen, and those are at a premium, right? Totally at a premium for people to get. I mean, uh, I saw that uh, the News Gazette here in Champaign had Justin Scott as their player of the year from Ignatius, right? 6'4", 315. There's just not a lot of guys like that. And the guys that get them are usually Ohio State. Yep. Um, so you, you have to have that, and you have to have some elite corners if you're going to play that defense and you're gonna and and be really, really good at it. So that's kind of the transition of it. If you're Iowa, you basically played the same four down lineman coverage over and over, and you've said, hey, we're not really going to lay man. We're going to keep eyes on the quarterback, keep everything in front of us. And largely, that that is what's been done in the Big Ten West, which obviously no longer exists after this week. But uh, largely, that's been done. Other than Wisconsin had played a little bit of 3-4 and, and man-to-man and whatnot. Uh, so that had that Jim Leonard flair was still there a little bit. But largely, if you look at uh, Northwestern, you looked at uh, up until this year, really Nebraska had done that. Uh, we, we look at Minnesota, they had done that as well. Um, so yeah, you can change it up and whatnot. Uh, I think you have to play to your strengths. I think we're, we're starting to get probably deeper at linebacker than we are at D line. And so do you get more linebackers on the field and less D linemen on the field? And it depends what you win in recruiting. So there's a whole historical aspect, right? Everything is cyclical. Uh, just like, you know, Jeremy, me and you, graduated college it was the spread and how fast can you go in the spread well that that's kind of like faded away and now it's like can we control the ball with complimentary football so it all comes and goes this episode of the Alana Inquirer podcast is presented by underdog sports we see a lot of you are downloading underdog sports using the promo code and having fun which we love to see if you haven't already checked out underdog sports be sure to do so it's super easy to use you go on the app go pick whether favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total than what is listed for example Travis Kelsey He's very popular these days. If his number is set at 50 receiving yards and you know Taylor Swift is in the house, you may feel confident he's going to go way higher than the number. Do that with two to five different players and you're in business. If you go 
five for five, you can 20X your money. So sign up today with promo code Illini and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with promo code Illini to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. There are a lot of fantasy companies out there, but we decided to partner with Underdog because it's the easiest place to play fantasy sports. It's also the fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. You must be 18 or older and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call one 800-522-4700 or visit www.ncpgambling.org Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Great stuff there, Jay. Uh, let's go to the other side of the ball. How how would you evaluate Barry Lunny's second season as offense coordinator? I feel like this conversation is way different now than in mid-October. Oh, yeah. You know, I think we had some real big questions about Barry Lunny yeah. uh, after that Nebraska game, really the Purdue and Nebraska game. And even uh, even even Brett had hinted, hey, we, we've got to do something offensively that's that's better that's better than this. I, I think Barry Lunny had as good – a run these last five or six games as an Illinois offensive coordinator that, you know, I can remember Rod Smith had a couple runs where he had some teams, you know, that put up some points. Right. Um, but I will say this, that, that I liked what Barry London got into, even with Luke Altmeyer and even with John Paddock, um, it looked like these receivers really started to develop in the, in, in the last half of the season, which gets me excited. We saw more of what we saw in UTSA, which was the RPO action, right? Even without much of a run threat, although Reggie really got it out the last three weeks. I give a lot of credit to him. Even without much of the RPO threat, with, without the run threat, we had the RPO, we banged that, and we had a lot of back shoulder fades, right? And then you have a lot of crossing routes or out routes from Isaiah Williams, and just that combination of stuff, mixing and matching that, even without Caden Fagan and having John Paddock in there, uh, they were able to have a dynamic offense. I mean, you look at what they did the last three games. Even they moved the ball. They could have had, they left some points on the board at Iowa. I mean, they moved the ball pretty well against that Iowa defense, all things there. But you look what they did against Indiana and Northwestern. Uh, Northwestern's D isn't horrible, mm-hmm. uh, and they put up some some they put up some good numbers against that. So I really like where Barry Lunny's headed. I think you got it. I don't think he's in danger of losing anything. I think he's going to develop Luke Altmeyer. Big question is, you know. Can they continue to develop the offensive line? One, because if the offensive line doesn't work, it doesn't matter what play is called. We saw that. Mm-hmm. Can they make Kane and Luke Altmaier the centerpiece? And if Isaiah Williams doesn't come back, can Pat Bryant be consistent? There's games where Pat Bryant looks like the best receiver on the field. He really does. There's also games where he either gets nicked up or you know he has some drops or he just disappears from the game. 
And so the talent's there. It's can Pat do that every play? I think he can be an all Big Ten player if he plays to his ability consistently in every play. And so uh, I think also Tip Ryman, that's a big decision too. Can, will Tip come back? I think they got some depth at tight end, but I think Tip's a, a key cog in that wheel. What are your biggest reasons for optimism, Jay? Atlanta fans are looking for a little bit of a, a light at the end of this long, dark tunnel of the yeah. season that had a, a nice little three and four weeks there. But yeah. um, what are your reasons for optimism moving forward? I think I think if you got a quarterback, you got a chance. I think Luke Altmaier is the best Big Ten quarterback in the West this year. Um, you know, I know that he didn't play the last three games, uh, and that was – an interesting situation, but I still think Luke Altmaier's got a ton of upside. I think he's going to be better than he was this year because he's going to improve and, and, and learn the offense more. I think Kane Fagan's something to be excited about. I think he's a potential all Big Ten and NFL player. Um, I think he's got his best ball ahead of him. I also am excited about Dylan Rosiak. I think Dylan Rosiak is a good linebacker. I think he'll be an all Big Ten player by the time he leaves. Certainly undersized, but brings a lot of pop and a lot of savviness. We've actually got a lot of experience on the back end, whether it was good or not, we've got a lot of experience. Uh, so I, I do want to remind people, I do want to remind people 2019, 2020, the secondary was pretty bad with some good talented well, guys. Uh, and well, they learned from that experience and the staff obviously did a good job there. Too. Yeah. Some really talented guys, right? A lot of those guys, you know, went on to be NFL draft picks. So I think I'm excited about that. Um, I think what I, so those are my reasons for optimism. Yeah. And that, that Brett has been shown to be a developer of talent, at least we think. I, but I don't know if he envisioned himself in this situation at the end of year three. I mean, his own quote is, he didn't come here to be five and seven. Well, you're five and seven after three after three years, I mean, in your third year. So that's kind of a tough pill to swallow. Um, I think it's just really critical that the guys they brought in are ready to play week one next year i mean i'm talking week one they've got to start well and battle in the new conference setup and i think if you get back to a bowl game if you get to seven or eight wins you feel like okay yes this is a legitimate program there's no reason that northwestern should be seven and five with what they had coming back and we and everything went through and we should be five and seven what we had coming back it's just inexcusable when you have you know fairly similar schedules Jay, in, in the era of transfer portal, NIL, you know, Illinois can sell opportunity, and I still think that matters most with transfers. Of course, there's a different level of transfer where NIL uh, certainly matters. But how much is missing a bowl game impact in recruiting? How much does that matter in recruiting? I, I mean, I think it's I think it I think it impacts it. Yeah, I think sure. I think I think for sure. Um, I don't care if you're going to the quick lane or the pinstripe or Heart of Dallas or whatever the bottom tier Big Ten Bowl is, you're going to a bowl game, you're getting extra practices, you're in the mode, you're bringing recruits in to watch practice, you know, uh, to, to to be on campus, to do all these different things. And you can say, hey, we had a lot of issues offensive line-wise. We lost three NFL players on the back end. But, hey, we rode the ship and uh, we went win three of our last four games. I think that would have been a really easy sell – uh, I think it does affect the transfer portal. People want to win where they go. I think playing time is the number one thing, yeah. uh, and and nil money. And I think we we've got to we've got to throw that in consideration. So let's just take some of the quotes from the fellow Big Ten coaches. Tom Allen quotes as he's you know got fired yesterday. The big, college football has changed drastically over the last three years, and I pray that IU can keep up. Hint hint. In 2020, he's six and two on the brink of a Big Ten championship. 
with and Michael Penix, AJ Barner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And a bunch of people left AJ Barner, Michael Penix, right? Like you said, all, all, all gone. So the transfer portal, number one, number two, the NIL portion, right? PJ Fleck, he said in his press conference, I can't keep my roster here with the current amount of NIL money that we have, right? So these are different things that are that are coming up. You know, there's no question Kay McNamara got a big NIL bonus package or whatever to come to choose Iowa last year. And so we're competing against all of these different things. And it's not even the West anymore. It's it's all around. We won't even get into Ohio State, Michigan, <laughs> and Penn State who who feel like they're you know Oregon. light like or Oregon, Washington, USC. Yeah. That's a whole different thing, right? So uh, it is a different world. And if we're we have to find that niche of being a developmental program, I still think we can be a seven eight win team consistently in this league. I mean, I, I'm very scared about oh we're not going to the West anymore. Shoot, we played my senior. We played Penn State. Michigan, Ohio State, everybody. I mean, you played almost everybody except two teams. And so I, I think it's going to be fine, but we've got to figure out what our niche is and stick with it and recruit to that niche. We're not, we, we, you're good in the Midwest when you recruit to a niche, and we just haven't found that yet. And Jay, that's why the offseason, we could talk about NIL and going to get the best transfers. For me, when you're Illinois or you're Minnesota or you're Indiana, the most important thing for me is retaining my good players. Not, not losing your like so we could talk about Isaiah Williams and you know uh Seth Coleman it's gonna be really important to have conversations with those guys and if you can get sure. those guys back like Johnny Newton it's massive but to keep you know Caden Fagan and Gabe Ackes and Malik Gelsey and, and all these guys like that is so important for Illinois moving forward and it's one thing that I'm encouraged about with Brett Bielema through his first couple of years whether it's the original roster he inherited or the last couple of years his guys have stayed with him and his guys have been rewarded with NIL. So I, I know it's sexy to go get that other guy, but I still feel like retention for Illinois is, is so important. Over oh, and, and I'll give credit to Brett. He did a good job retaining a lot of the talent, either keeping them here from the NFL or from getting poached by the people. Um, so I think you got to retain Seth. You got to, uh, you hope Seth comes back. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know. What's scary is Isaiah Williams is another year, and his skill set would be wanted by anybody in the country mm-hmm. with any kind of passing offense, right? So it, it, it's these are things they know, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to retain that. And you, even a guy like um, Dylan Rosiak, here's a guy that's got a lot of playing ahead of him, right? He's playing really well. These are the things we have to think about in this day and age. And Brett has done a great job. I think he mentioned in his press conference, every player is left with a hug in his office or something like that, uh, just saying, hey, they don't they treat people respectfully they always leave on good terms they always keep the door open and whatnot so i I have confidence just from what i've seen of this coaching staff they're going to be able to retain the players that they need to maybe not retain some of them from going to the nfl but i don't think we're necessarily going to get poached although it could happen but we've got to win on some areas in the transfer portal uh to make a jump yeah so what are realistic expectations for that jay um you know johnny newton you're not replacing johnny newton yeah, Keith Randolph is, no. is a phenomenal player. Didn't have the best year due to injuries. But what do they need uh, offensive line, defensive line-wise, and what do you think is realistic? Well, I, I think in this is in this day and age, you want to get three to four starters out of the portal. I I mean, that's hard to do. Um, or, or Juco, right? I mean, I would say, you know, think about it. Coming into the 2022 season with Gabe Ackes and with Isaiah, 
Isaiah, uh, Isaiah Adams, they really got, and, and Zai, they got two or three starters like that, right? And Gabe obviously was a freshman, but that's important. I mean, that that, that bolstered that team Tommy DeVito. quite a bit. <laughs> Top, how can I forget Tommy? Touchdown Tommy over here just killing it with the Giants. He's going to play in the NFL for a long time. I don't know what this is, if this is like Johnny Manziel light or what, but like. It's, it's, the, it's the Paisan thing, right? I, oh, the Paisan. Okay, yeah, got yeah. you. Okay. I didn't know. If it was, you know, because this was Johnny, Johnny Manziel, right? Yep. He was, okay. All right. So I, I, I like that. But um, he's going to play the NFL for a long time. Happy for Tommy. Yeah, you put it awesome. on tape like that. Yeah, that, that's exciting. What, what a great deal. But you pick up Tommy, right? And so we look at what the transfer portal did this year. We had a starter in Luke Altmeyer, and then Denzel Daxon. He was a win. Uh, he got a lot of reps as a nose tackle. He probably played 20 to 25 snaps a game. So you, you got two starters out of it. I think Clayton so that's Bush. I, say, I think he, yeah, Clayton Bush towards the end was about Clayton Bush. I don't think he was registered as a starter, but he played a lot because we had some injuries and whatnot. That's why I think you need three or four starters at least from the transfer portal. And I think you obviously need some on the offensive line. You're losing two starters there. You need some on the defensive line, especially if Keith d- decides to go through like it sounds like he's going to go to the league. So you're going to need somebody on the defensive line. So need one. You'd love to have two two on each of those, but you can have one there, one there, and we need we need some senior defensive back help. Yes, I think we really do. We we need some defensive back help ASAP uh, because I think Harper and Bush are gone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so and besides I, Xavier Miles Scott, Scott, besides Xavier Scott, should anyone feel comfortable with a starting job next year? No, I mean Miles Scott had two pick sixes, but just had way too many errors. To, to have a legit job. Zach Toby is long and lean and could be good. It was a rough game. No. Yeah, got, got, got beat too much, right? McCantos at times flashed. Uh, other guys had flashed, but I think it's only Xavier Scott. I'm really interested if Matthew Bailey can make the recovery. Uh, Sabor Kareem, let's see if he can develop because he was highly touted as a recruit. Uh, like you said, so like we've got to have at least three or four starters out of the portal or out of JUCO. If you can do that, I think that that can bolster us. Or we've got to have guys that we haven't seen because we don't get to watch practice. Yeah, make, make a legit jump. You know, who are the guys you're most interested in that? I, I think you mentioned. I, I'm really interested to see how Toby, uh, you know, plays after getting so much playing time, and obviously a lot of it wasn't yeah. good. Sabor Kareem, you mentioned. Obviously Malik Elzey. I, I, I think I think James Cruz, I think James Cruz is going to be a starter. I yeah. mean, he he's yeah. a, he was a tear on he was a tear on special teams. They had him in a lot of specialty packages on defense as a blitzer or, or guarding guys one on one. I think he, he I think him and Rosiak are the future right now at the in, interior linebacker positions. Right? Um, you know, I just have not seen. I, I've heard good things about some of our edge guys, Jared Beatty, and uh, maybe some maybe somebody else. I can't remember who who the other guy was, but like it just seems like. Coleman and Akis and, and Zeke Holmes and Alan Bright have kind of just held that down. So who do we have, you know, on the edge? T. Rod Edwards, I, I was I was hoping he was going to have more playing time and more, but he's got a body for it. Obviously, a power five. He's a power five transfer. Can can he make it? Can he make a jump on that? I, I don't know. A uh, McMillan as well, right? Fifty five. Uh, can he make a jump? On the offensive line, I'm not as familiar with him, but like you know, I know Magnus Moller because he was you know the Swedish guy or whatever. But Duck, can I he make a jump? Him. He's huge, right? Super raw, super raw. Can Clayton Leonard uh, get on the field? You know, 
highly touted guy. Uh, can, can we get any of these guys to develop into legitimate offensive line? I think James Cruz, John, uh, Josh Cruz, not James, Josh Cruz is going to be a good center. I mean, we, we, he's, he's, he's proven that he's going to be a good center. Um, you know, I'm borderline like, is it worth it for a guy like Tip to put on 25 more pounds and become a tackle? <laughs> like, I don't know. I just, I, I just think. Like it. Well, I think outside the box, right? I mean, I mean, okay. I mean, I, Tip's a good. Tip's good at, at catching balls. Could he be a great tackle? I don't know. Well, let's let's ask the maybe even more realistic one: Is you just added a three-star JUCO edge rusher who's leading the country in sacks? Is Gabe Ackes a defensive lineman next year? That's a good question. Or is, uh, he, is he a defensive lineman or a defensive end? That that's kind of where I was going to get to. Like, is he a defensive end in a more four down line setup? Is he sure. is he a three uh, technique I or mean, a five technique in the in this current scheme? I don't know. Yeah, I think they hinted at that. You know, I, I think he I think he could be. I think you're, he's your Johnny Newton replacement. Not that he's going to replace Johnny Newton because he's not, but I think he can play the same position. Because I think he can beat guards one-on-one. I think he can. I think he's quicker. I think he's powerful. I think he's better in close spaces than he is in space. Well, I think Seth Coleman's much better in space than Gabe Akis is. Yes. And so I think if you can keep Seth, I think you move down. Uh, I think you move down Gabe Akis into the interior. I think Denzel – does Daxon have any more years? He's got one more year, yeah. Okay, so Daxon – I think Daxon can be, you know – I think he can be kind of your your nose kind of player in there. Uh, you got to find another you got to find another body in there as well. But uh, yeah, getting creative with stuff, right? I think that's really going to be the key. I, I think also we've got to figure out our nickel position and 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 make it consistent. I think that is a huge position in football. You think about how many third downs come to that number two or number three receiver that the nickels may end up on you know on the corner the game gets a lot it gets it gets a lot simpler because it's like hey i'm just shutting down this corner i have this guy if i'm on the number two or number three receiver from the sideline oftentimes the best player uh the nickel's going to have him and that's where a lot of the third down throws go to especially for illinois or other teams and I just want to see Xavier Scott lock that down. I think he's probably the guy to do it with his size, but we got to have somebody consistent. I saw that Devin Witherspoon's been moved to nickel for the Seattle Seahawks because he can do all those things and make a lot of plays in the run game. So who can tackle and do this? The nickel is a huge position for us. We got to get creative on the nickel side. Maybe that's Matthew Bailey. He's a big guy as well, Matthew Bailey. He's never really played the nickel position because Quan Martin had it all last year. But it's a very critical position. And when I look, if you do a study on the Illinois defense, the nickel position is so critical. We're giving up a ton of first downs at that position it's attacked on third down more than any other position and we had a revolving door there mm-hmm. and we don't have a guy we can count on at that nickel position so i think getting creative in the nickel position whether it's kareem or bailey or or xavier scott somebody put him there and let him play there because that is so critical they hosted a kid that was at nc state josh pierre lewis uh who's a, a juco kid I think he could be a nickel and move Xavier Scott to to corner. I, th- I think that that would be potential because he's a little undersized, Jay, but he's feisty, makes plays on the ball, right. he's really fast. Like uh, all those things would make some sense. Uh, before we get out of right. here, Jay, you got to be. A, yeah, go ahead. It's re- you got just to finish up. You got to be a dog as far as in the line of scrimmage. You have to because because the nickel is basically taking a linebacker's role in a passing down situation, and you got to have elite cover skills as well. 
not just with a sideline right next to you like a like a corner, but they can go either way. So I I think the corner the, the nickel position, if we look at it, if we could be solid there, we would have probably taken off five points a game mm-hmm. off of our average. It's a pretty big deal. Uh, before we get out of here, Jay, I, I just want to give some time. I know we've talked about him a lot, but we should. Johnny Newton, um, what do you make of his career? What did what stands out about what he accomplished and what he has ahead? Well, if I think about Johnny Newton, I put him up there with some of the greatest. You know, I started remembering Illinois football when I, you know, Simeon Rice was. I was ten when Simeon Rice in 1995 when he set the Big Ten sack record of 44 at that time. And so he's kind of the standard I've always had. I know there's other guys, Mo Gardner and Melagi and all, all kinds of Whitney Merciless as well. And Corey Legit. Will Davis. And all, yeah, all these guys. Corey Legit. I mean, there's – but I put Johnny Newton as, as up there as, as just as good as any of those guys. I really do. Uh, probably on par with eliteness as, as Simeon Rice. But as an interior – Simeon had more sacks, but just as far as – uh, his dominance in the college game. I remember the first time I was doing an Illinois game, I think it was 2019 or 2020, uh, where I asked about Jerzon Newton, and uh, they said, oh, he just goes by Johnny. And I remember Lovey Smith saying he was the real deal. He thought that they were he was going to be a really, really good football player. And I've got to see him develop. And if, I don't know if you remember in 2021, uh, I thought Keith – you know, had a really productive year in 2021 and maybe on par with Johnny. I had a chance to Terrence Jameson uh, that spring and he goes, and Johnny's really making a lot of progress. He's the guy we're super excited about. This is 2022 spring. And of course he exploded on the scene in 2022 and then 2023, uh, very, very unique skill set in his ability to get off blocks quickly and also his get off, I mean, his way he gets off the ball is incredible. The way he uses his hands, plays with unbelievable leverage, and uh, more more importantly, seems like a great person, a great leader, a guy that no matter the record and no matter the score, uh, played with a hundred percent effort. It was never an effort thing for Johnny. He never had a head case where he thought he was entitled, and so he'll go a long, long way and get paid a lot of money as he should. Yeah, what do you think of him at the next level? Here's the I think I think Johnny can be a can be a starter next year in the league in a, in a three four defense playing the the four I or five technique whatever you want to play. Uh, I saw that he was there's all kind of mock drafts. Some people have said top ten. I saw him around seventeen. I think he's probably in that you know fifteen to twenty range. Uh, he's undersized, but what he makes up what he lacks in in in, in height, he makes up in an elite speed and technique and. Uh, I think he'll play for a long time on Sundays. I think he'll be, I think he'll be a ten-year player in the league. Well, Jay, as we look back on it, it kind of feels like a long season at times. A band that went by fast, and uh, I know everybody that listens to this podcast is always looking forward to Mondays and hearing from Jay Layman because uh, you don't sugarcoat things, man. You're fair, you're you're balanced, but like you also give what people are thinking and what you think really. And we really appreciate the insight uh, throughout the year because uh, you make us all smarter with what we watch every Saturday. Well, it's a joy. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to be on here do it every Monday. Uh, You know, I want to be honest, but I also also want to be true to what you guys see as fans. You guys are not stupid, right? The fans are not stupid. You can fool, you can fool a lot of people. I don't think you can fool your teammates or your fans. I mean, that's, that's the it's it's hard to do that. So you guys see what we're seeing. We just and we never want to be. Uh, we we have to also remember these are these are kids 
and they want to win more than anybody wants to win. I can a lot, a lot of tears it. coming off that field, Jay. A lot of tears, like they, they care. I, I, I can imagine, you, and you get to see that. I, I've been on teams where you know the first four years I played, I won and eight wins, right? And so I know how hard we worked and didn't get the results they wanted. There's nobody who's more disappointed about being five and seven than the players. I can maybe, maybe the coaches, but the players, uh, they got to live it, right? They got to go to class. They got to see it on podcasts like this. They got to see it on TV. Uh, they got to be feeling really, really crummy right now. So remember, there are people behind these helmets. Yep. Uh, they're 18 to 22. They're trying to get better. They're actually trying to do the best they can. Uh, even when they frustrate you, they're trying to do the best they can. So just remember that when you are tweeting or being a fan or whatever, that these guys are kids. And we always want to shoot it straight. We're thankful for the Illini. And here's the thing. Even when they're five and seven, we still love them. Because we're Illini fans. So we're, we're going to be here next year talking about what could happen. We said it could be five wins or ten wins. Unfortunately, we were on the bottom part of that one, and uh, we ended up with the five. But there were reasons we ended up with the five that we discussed. Yeah. Well, Jay Landman, thank you for another great season, man. We'll catch up at some point during the off season, but appreciate all the insight this year, man. You got it, boss. Man, Jay Lehman is the goods, and we are fortunate to have him here throughout the season, and uh, we will look forward to getting him back for next season. We might catch up with him a few times down the road, but hopefully you guys have enjoyed that. I know uh, a lot of you look forward to every Monday podcast with Jay, and why wouldn't you? Uh, the insight you get uh, is fantastic. And uh, if I could make one plea to BTN or to Fox or whoever's out there, uh, I've listened to a lot of games. Uh, I've heard some guys who went to big schools and might have been big names as players. Uh, they're on some of these broadcasts. I've seen Jay do broadcasts. I've heard Jay do broadcasts. I don't understand why he isn't uh, the play-by-play guy or the color analyst, excuse me, on some of these broadcasts because he's awesome at it. He's awesome at it. He brings energy, and he studies up for it. He knows what he's talking about. Um, I've heard times this year where, a former quarterback calling a game didn't know it was zone coverage and blamed an Illinois player that was in zone coverage saying he, he was supposed to guard a man. Uh, that would not have happened with Jay Lehman. I, I will tell you that much, but Jay's good, man. And uh, I, I think he should be on there on those big broadcasts because he, he's really, really good at this thing. Um, and if he went to Ohio State or Penn State or Michigan, I think he would be. Um, so just a Little thing I have an issue with uh, with some of these networks, but we are fortunate to have him here, and I'm glad he's here with us and that we appreciate the heck out of him. Anyway, we got a lot going on in the Line Inquirer. I know it's the off season, but uh, no off days in the off season either. And if you've been an Line Inquirer VIP member the last few days, you've seen a lot. I got my off season checklist, and we got some recruiting buzz and some visitors that have been on here uh, at Illinois, and we got their reaction. So. We got plenty coming up. I'll have more VIP notes on that, more analysis of everything coming up. So if you're not a VIP member, again, this is your last chance, 75% off through Tuesday at 11 p.m. Central. Get on board, and we'll have fun with the next year of VIP coverage. Everybody, always appreciate your support. Listen to this podcast. Give us a follow, rating, review, wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on your YouTube channel as well. And, of course, we'll have the latest at IlliniInquire.com. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Inquire podcast. Bye, everybody. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, 
highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.